2: Hey yo, what's up everybody? It's me, Joe Pizzapia, and this is the RotoWire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host, and with me being a good soldier under the weather today, but you know what? He doesn't make excuses. He shows up. He's always ready. He's got his helmet on. The pads are on, and he plays. He's Joe Bartel. How's it going there, slugger? How are you? I'm doing all right. We're we're making
1: it through. I promise I'm not under the weather because Brett Hundley actually wasn't that good. Uh, it's more due to illness than sadness, but probably a little both. You know, <laughs> you try to you try you try to take that stuff out of the equation, but I think it still seeps its way through every once in a while. But hey, we're gonna soldier on, like you said, and uh, put together a good podcast here.
2: All right. Well, look, if you listen to Friday's show, you did all right. I'm telling you right now. I mean, if you had Kenny Stills, if you had Prescott, if you had Beathard, if you had. A host of the guys that we highlighted and talked about. McCoy was another one. Um, look, it, it was a good Sunday for you. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was a good Sunday for me. Uh, how was it for you, Joe? Was it a good Sunday for you? Did you have any of shares?
1: Definitely was. Uh, I mean, Zeke Elliott, anytime you can plug him into the lineup and carry on, that's that was – that was about as easy cash money as you can get there. And I, I couldn't believe the price tag on him. I, I thought that was ridiculous. I know uh, Le'Veon was probably, I think, what, almost a 1,000 higher or something uh-huh. close to that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and stupid. I was astounded by that. Like, I just didn't – I mean, Zeke had a significantly better matchup. And even the other side of the equation, Carlos Hyde, he didn't do exactly what I was thinking he would, but still was okay. So, yeah, I, I definitely did all right. Finally, Julio Jones scores a touchdown. That one felt Abbas Automac is a get to despite the fact that the, the Patriots really clamped down on
2: the Falcons overall. Um, yeah, it was a pretty good week for weekend for me. Yeah, Falcons not a good football team. Uh, you know, I, I've I, been saying that since the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's very difficult, and I keep pointing back to it when you lose a Super Bowl in historic fashion. Where you get blown out or crushing lost, it does not go well for you the next year. I mean, look at the track record. It's just not a good thing in the last 20 years when that happens. You know, you mentioned Elliott, so let's start there. Let's start with the big dog because Ezekiel Elliott, 147, two touchdowns. As you mentioned, the salary probably should have been higher. Now, Lev Bell had a pretty good day, you know, 134 on the ground, yes. but no touchdowns for him. So that was kind of, uh, you know, no rushing touchdowns for him. But it's Aaron Jones who was the surprise guy. And you know, I talked about this a lot of season-long stuff where people said, well, what are the Packers going to do? And I think we mentioned it here, too, as well on Friday. In my mind, it's simplify the offense, turn around, hand the ball off more to Aaron Jones, become a more traditional-style offense. I didn't think it was going to happen to that extent. I didn't think it was going to happen to 17 for 131. <laughs> but right. it, it did. And I think going forward now, is this something that I, uh, you would think that we, we can count on a little bit more as the season goes on?
1: Well, here's I'll caution this. Packers have a bye week next week. Ty Montgomery, uh, we know it. Broken ribs been suffering for that, uh, I guess, last two or three weeks now. I'm a little concerned that there might be more handing off to both of them, not just Aaron Jones. Again, I've been on the record now for quite a while. I think Aaron Jones is the better talent, and I would be handing it off to him more often if that were the case. I think that Montgomery has a skill set, but he's just a little bit too plotting. He's a little bit too methodical, whereas Jones hits that cut and goes, and he has a burst and explosiveness to him. So I'm concerned that it might be more of a timeshare now that Montgomery will have another full week to get healthy. But I think that the overall sense is, yes, they're going to be handing the ball off more. I do think that Brett Humley is going to be passing too. I think that there's going to be a little bit more taking the reins off them as the season progresses. But at least for the next two or three weeks – there's good uh, options both for Montgomery and Jones, in my opinion.
2: Well, you know, Montgomery just doesn't have the instincts of running back because it hasn't been his position. So I think that that's, that's what shows up. That's that intangible thing that Jones has at Montgomery. is still working through. Uh, I feel good about him. I'll tell you what, there was a lot of people who were in on some busts too. Let's, let's talk about those. They were in on Mixon. We were not on Friday's show. People were in on Chris Ivory. If Fournette didn't play, we were not. T.J. Yeldon, who the hell saw that come? I mean, right. I, I don't know if anybody – if anybody of that one person out there in the United States – Who <laughs> does T.J.? You? Good for yeah. you. T.J. Yeldon's brother, good for you. Because you supported <laughs> your brother through tough times. I'm, I'm glad it paid off for you. But outside of that, I think what we did learn is we, we talked about who's going to get in the end zone again. McCoy, you know, showed up again. That was only a matter of time. We, we highlighted him a great deal. He got in the end zone twice. Uh, We talked about some of the volume, too, that was going a certain way. Mark Ingram looks like he's getting back to that guy that he was last year, which is a good, solid cash game, return on investment, you know, low-end RB1, high-end RB2 kind of guy. And I got to tell you, I'm very happy about this because I'm a Mark Ingram fan, 22 for 105 and a touchdown. Give me that all day long under AK. And guess what? Going into next week, he's cheap as well. Going into next week, he is just 7,200. And I don't think there's going to be a lineup I don't have Mark Ingram in. And Kamara, too. I mean, let, let's Kamara. talk to the other side of that, too. I mean, like, he he
1: had the same type of explosiveness that we were talking about with Aaron Jones. I thought that they utilized him quite a bit. There are so many screens that come out of that Saints uh, backfield, whether it is to Ingram or to Kamara. I, I think that, honestly, both have some viability, Ingram a little bit more so, especially at a 7,200 price tag. But I think both have some uh, viability and usage in daily fantasy, especially if we're going a little bit lower and, and trying to use Kamara as a second guy. I, I I was impressed with both of them. Um, I've been an Ingram supporter, probably not to the extent that you are, but I've been on his bandwagon, too. I think that that Saints offense is rolling right now, and we cannot discount any of their players when that that happens.
2: No, and Ted Ginn keeps showing up, too, which is another wacky thing, but, you know, it keeps happening, so we have to pay attention to it now. We really do. Todd Gurley, also a good day in that shutout over Arizona. He had four catches for 48, a rushing touchdown of 106. But, I mean, Elliott was the guy. I mean, you know, he had the one touchdown catch for 72 yards. He had the 147 on the ground. So, three total TDs. He had put up 40 points in the FanDuel scoring. That's what you wanted. Uh, Ajayi was a disappointment again for me. That was the one guy that I was on that were in the running back spot that did not work out. Uh, still all the lineups cash, regardless, I cashed in all the tournaments, I cashed in all, uh, it was a good week <laughs> yeah. on both sides. But you know what? It was despite Ajayi who here we are now with the limited practice. I understand part of the game script kind of went away from when they were behind and they started playing uh, catch up, but this is the second time against the Jets where he failed. So for me, I think I'm out now on Jay Ajayi the rest of the year. I just, I don't want to play around with him.
1: Now, I see. I don't know if I'm that in that way, uh, especially if Jay Cutler is out too. I think with Matt Moore now in and, and maybe in for multiple weeks, and hopefully, um, if you're a Dolphins fan or really just a, a season-long DFS fan, that Matt Moore continues to be the starting quarterback because they got a lot of talent and uh, a lot of those guys have been underperforming. I think that Jai actually benefits with the Matt Moore switch, and I think that there could be a chance that uh, he goes off, maybe not next week. I, I don't know. I'd look at his matchup to make sure, but I I'm not completely. Uh, off his radar just yet. I think that there's too much talent and they utilize him too often um, for him to not work out at, at some point DFS wise.
2: Now Matt Moore certainly uh, did well for himself with Kenny Stills, who was our featured wide receiver value on full point PPR and half point PPR all over. We loved Kenny Stills. We expected an easy two times value, but we got way more than that. And that's exactly right. We got four times. We got 23 and a half points, six catches, two touchdowns, 85. Um, if Parker misses more time, Hey, good, sit, sit down, give me all the Kenny stills. (laughs) That's what I want. But really, I mean, that was, that was one of those. It was the ownership percentage was, was a joke. I mean, it, it should have been higher because it it was 1.2% owned in one of these tournaments right here. He was probably around, you know, under 2% owned in most tournaments. And I keep scratching my head going, what the hell are people looking at? I understand Cutler wasn't good going into this game and I bash Cutler like everybody else. But it was an easy play because you saw Stills get involved anyway. And with Parker out, there was just no way he wasn't going to get more attention.
1: Absolutely. And honestly, surprising to me was that Jarvis Landry also had viability too, yeah. those two straight weeks. That, that Dolphins um, receiving court has one of the better ones in the league, I think, overall. And Cutler has kind of had his stink over it. And I think that's where people are like, oh, you know, Cutler's throwing the ball. I don't know how, how many people are going to get involved in that. And then you see guys like Stills and Parker when he's healthy and Landry all have viability. I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. Um, I was actually on Benny Fowler as the guy that the cheap receiver to own, and he did okay. I mean, seven points. I thought for certain with Casey Hayward locking down Demarius Thomas, there's going to be some viability for Fowler, but not to the extent of Still. So, yeah, I I, I'm, I don't understand it either. I'm just looking at a few of the, the leagues that I was in, and 5%, uh, 7%. Like, come on. what, what With a guy that's going to get, you know, uh, at least seven or eight targets, I thought that game, That's 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 crazy to me.
2: No, oh, yeah, uh, Julio Jones finally did get in the end zone, as we discussed on the show uh, as well on Friday. Nine for ninety-nine, the touchdown and the loss. So good for Julio. Finally, the streak is over. Now we can all take a deep breath. Uh, Didn't and- you feel like that was going to have to happen, especially when they got oh, ahead twenty-three yeah. nothing? Like to me, that was oh, gonna yeah. be the-, the most forced throw touchdown ever. Yeah, and why not? I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's what you have to do. I mean, forcing the ball to – one of the best players in football is never a bad idea. You know, there, there were actually moments, too, in that game uh, for Pittsburgh. They were down on the goal line, and I think it was one of the times where they ended up settling uh, for, for a field For Chris
1: Boswell's 13 yeah. field
2: goals. Right, yeah, and, and where <laughs> it was a first and goal, and Antonio Brown, you know, ran one of those little – he was on the outside, and he ran one of those little slants where he just settled right there. And both the defenders went to the other side, and he was wide open, and Roethlisberger missed him. He tried to hit somebody else, who some other guy i never heard of. And, and I'm watching him going, guys, Antonio Brown is open almost every single play. I don't care if it's boring. I don't care if it's dull. Until they stop it, you keep feeding that beast. And then, fortunately, he didn't return two times value because of that. If he had that extra touchdown, it would have been a, a great uh, another great Antonio Brown day. But instead, you know, he had to settle for just the one. Ted Ginn, I mentioned earlier, seven for 141, a great day for him. Uh, I think the surprise was O.J. Howard. Now, Brady yes. still got his targets, but the two touchdowns and the six catches for O.J. Howard, he had a good game a couple weeks ago against the Giants, and now here's another good one for him. Are you concerned here going forward that this is muddy, or is this a spot where you go, okay, here's two viable tight ends where you know maybe Howard is a guy that now in the second half of the year is getting more acclimated. We've seen Ingram be good already. In terms of rookie tight ends, uh, we've seen uh, some moments from Njoku. But now O.J. Howard starting to emerge. How do you feel about this Tampa situation going forward at the tight end Don't position? Don't go chasing this. Don't go chasing this. Did you see the
1: broadcast on O.J. Howard? That second touchdown, I think I could have caught that and ran it in for a touchdown. Like that. There was nobody within 30 yards of him. I, I, I want to just – I know – I see the numbers. Six catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns. You're like, wow. Even that first touchdown, he didn't do that much. I love O.J. Howard. I thought he was, um, in Dynasty Leagues, he was a top-two pick for me. Truthfully, I thought that he was a top-two pick um, of all the rookies, and obviously a lot of the running backs really did well, so I probably look foolish saying that. I think he's going to be an immense talent, and once Cameron Bright is gone, he's going to be a guy that I'm going to target every every week out. Um, I don't feel comfortable using him just yet. I need to see a a little bit more of consistency. Again, broken plays for both of those touchdowns. I'm concerned – a that the Buccaneers, I mean, their defense is atrocious. So they're going to be down most weeks. They're going to have to pass. Mm-hmm. So there's at least a floor that I can see how we're being used in. But you're going to see those numbers and want to use them most weeks, especially based off of his, that he's a rookie and he's so talented and highly touted. I, don't go chasing those numbers. I'm so don't go chasing it. I don't know. How <laughs> to that.
2: Well, don't look, I that agree time. with you. You know, I, there. That's why I bring up the point. He, Cameron Braid is already in my first impression lineup on FanDuel for this week for week. Uh, Eight here because of that very reason. You know, I think people are going to see that they're going to chase it and they're going to go back. You know, you're going to forget the consistency of the target volume going Cameron Brate's way on a weekly basis. And you're absolutely right, Winston, who we'll talk about in the next segment. A quarterback, he's not a you know he's not playing quarterback all that well, but he's playing quarterback well enough as a fantasy owner. You know, that's what you want. He's a good fantasy quarterback, a better fantasy quarterback than an actual quarterback right now. Mike Evans. Also in Tampa continues to be matchup proof. Another touchdown for him. Another solid outing. Seven for eighty-eight in a score. Uh, you also got some action out of um, Brandon Cooks last night in that game. You also got a little action as well uh, out of a few other names. Now oh, there's one that I want to highlight here too. That you know maybe we should have talked a little bit more about. You know I know it was a big Ezekiel Elliott day, but still a solid game from Des Bryant. Seven for sixty-three and a touchdown. You know I think somebody. Some folks probably wanted a little bit more or thought there was upside for more, but this was one of those games where just everything went to Elliot. And at the end of the day, you go, okay, well, that's just how it's going to go, but still a solid outing from Des Bryant.
1: If you had told me that both Zeke and Des Bryant were going to have fantasy relevance, um, I would have been, I would have been a little bit pessimistic. I, I thought that, one or the other is gonna go off, but not both. I didn't I didn't anticipate forty points from the, the Cowboys overall. So I was a little bit shocked to see that. I think the game plan actually benefited with Dan Bailey going out in the second half or whatever, that they really couldn't rely on you know, a field goal opportunity, right? So I think they had to kind of try to be a little bit more aggressive out there. And that's how we saw Ezekiel do what he did. And we saw what Des Bryant do he did. I was surprised to see both put up numbers like that. I knew one was going to I lean more towards Elliott, but I'm surprised to see Brian do the same thing.
2: Yeah, we crushed tight ends on Friday, too, because we talked about Evan Ingram. We talked about Jimmy Graham. Those guys all being locks to return. Both of them got in the end zone, too. And Ingram going forward is another guy. How is Ingram 5,500? Like, this I has been know.
1: three or four straight weeks, and I don't understand this.
2: He's the only guy the Giants can target. It's because it's, whatever it is, it's factoring in some sort of defensive prowess on the last two matchups because it was Denver and Seattle. That's the only thing I can imagine. That's it. I, and there's no other good reason for it. All right, let's go over to the quarterbacks. We talked about Winston, 384 for three touchdowns. Look, I mean, it's tremendous. And, uh, and the ownership was low because of the injury, because of the matchup. And, you know, quite similar to Tony Romo. You know, Tony Romo is that guy sometimes, like, he didn't love the things he did, but you know yeah. what? Stats were there. And that's all you want. Russell Wilson, also a good day, three touchdowns for him. It wasn't always pretty at times. That offensive line continues to be a disaster. but Still enough from him. Uh, Tom Brady, just the two touchdowns. I was warning folks about Brady and about Gronk, especially about Gronk in this one. You know, if you Gronk hard at a big price tag and he does not Gronk back, (laughs) that's a rough, rough beat because you've made a huge investment. And that's why most weeks, unless it's a lockdown situation, I stay away from Gronkowski most of the time. We're very specific of when we use Gronk here on the podcast. This was a week where we were not. And if you used Ingram, you use some of the other guys we talked about. Use Jimmy Graham. Use Breit even, you know, despite you still did pretty well. On the rest of this uh, quarterback slate here, you, Drew Brees, another game where just the one touchdown, where that's not fun. I mean, it's great for Mark Ingram, but for Drew Brees' investors, still not good. Bethard was a guy that we talked about. We said he could go two times value. Despite getting sacked five times, he did it. He went 14 and a half off the six six and change salary. I love it it allowed you to go pay up for Elliott and Brown and everybody else. You wanted all the star power for you, a quarterback though, who was the surprise either positive or negative that you take away uh, from this past week, seven.
1: So I, I went with Cam Newton in a lot of different lamps. I thought at 8,100 uh, price tag, he was going to be a, a player that's not very owned, but one that could um, in my mind, easily get 16 points. I'm I'm not a fan of that bears defense, But I think I might need to start being a bit more of a fan of it. I I don't know if it's the Packer homerisms a little bit or or I felt like it was a little bit lucky stuff. And I think the interception return for touchdown was lucky. Obviously, the fumble recovery, too, was a bit lucky. But they only scored three points overall. So at some point, that has to not be luck. I get confused with Cam Newton. I thought, oh, hey, he's back. Now they're running the ball with him a little bit more. That's fantastic. Great. He's going to get at least one rushing touchdown or at least one throwing touchdown. And that didn't end up being the case. I look at and I bring it up because he plays the Buccaneers next week.
2: And I don't know what to do with it. Oh, That's God, just I'm just hard. staying away from it. I got, I mean, he got sacked five times. The offensive line's killing him. You know, the running game got a little bit better with Stewart, who we've absolutely bashed for yes. a couple weeks in a row here. But still, the offensive line, terrible. Not as bad as Jacoby Brissette's day, who got sacked yes. ten times. And we talked about – you know Jacksonville's defense on Friday bouncing back in a big way because defenses when they play poorly that are high end defenses they usually get shellacked over practice and they come back and return in a big way and they did that I mean if you if you had Jacksonville defense or if you had the kicker in in Minnesota uh, it was a good day <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: You know. Yes, there was a couple of kickers that actually went. Oh on. yeah, Boswell like, was another one. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, it, yeah. I mean, there there's a handful. I mean, suck up too. I feel like he's always a guy for whatever the reason, whether he's on the Chiefs, whether he's on the Titans, that you could use uh, week in and week out and get fantastic value. I don't understand how that how that happens, but yeah, I, I that's again, Cam Newton was a guy that I was disappointed with. I thought he'd do against, better against the Bears. I'm not off on his train yet against the Buccaneers. I, I think that defense is just that bad. But I'm so frustrated with how often he overthrows it. It feels like he has to throw the ball 95 miles per hour, and shockingly, he he chucks it either behind or above one of the players. And I don't, I don't get that when he's got you know 14 receivers that are over six foot tall or six foot six. And I just it's frustrating to me as a as a fantasy guy. It's frustrating.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. Owners were frustrated as well about Marcus Mariota. There was a lot of tension on him. We were very steadfast here too about staying away from those mid tier guys like Cam Newton. Uh, staying away from Mariota that there was a lot of traps in there potentially that to pay up for Prescott or to pay down the board, stay away from the middle. And if you listened, you did all right, but Mariota, not a good game for him. And that's, it's, it's, and I know a lot of people wanted to see that carryover, you know, on the short week where they wanted him to come back and, you know, keep rolling and it didn't happen. And, you know, this is just par for the course here in 2017. Look, we're halfway through the season now. And I think that when you look at it, you can see, which teams now are consistent, which are not. And I think that's going to really dictate to you how you start building lineups going forward. I mean, you look at a team like Arizona who one week, you know, is putting up points and they go to London and then they got shut out, you know, and, and it's just, it's crazy. I mean, 2017 has been, I think the most difficult year to predict in football that I've ever seen. And injuries have played a big part of it, Joe, but I mean, at this point, what do you count on on a weekly basis i mean for me it's antonio brown where do you go every week where you go this is where i start a lineup this is where i begin
1: oh it's either julio jones or mike evans i mean i know that julio hasn't scored up until today but that's when he had the depreciated price tag i was like oh this is this is easy money and mike evans too i don't understand why he continues to be only hovering around the 8000 price tag the guy is a stud and the, the Buccaneers stink defensively. They have to keep throwing the ball. I, I feel like Evans is about as lock as it gets. And then Le'Veon Bell, too, when, when he's not over 9,000, it's like, okay, well, this is an automatic plug-and-play, too. So I guess it's the Steelers' offense that I've been targeting quite a bit, which is silly because we've both been on the Ben Roethlisberger stinks train, and I'm still on that train, too, yet. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Mike Evans. Those are the guys that I look at every week. But you're right. The volatility this season feels completely different than past, where – Yes there was injuries but even guys that aren't injured it's like I don't I cannot predict week in week out what's going to happen with 95% of the teams.
2: Now coming up oh, this oh. week we'll get to Monday Thursday slate we'll just talk about the next uh, Sunday's games real quick here. You got the Vikings traveling into Cleveland where I keep telling everybody this the Cleveland defense is good. The problem is the offense has been dreadful. Now you saw a change of quarterback there. Kaiser came in, Kaiser came out. You know, Kaiser throws picks, that's what he does. Now they've gone to Cody Kessler, which is what I don't understand why they didn't do in the first place. I'm not saying it's going to change everything for them, but that's something to bear in mind too. If you've got Minnesota shares or you want to try to go back to that rung, I would stay away from that. You've got the Chargers coming into New England. Now here's a spot where I think that the Patriots might be able to run up a score, and here's a spot where I think it might be Brady and Gronk. What are your initial impact on this uh, matchup next Sunday at 1 o'clock?
1: Definitely, definitely a Gronk matchup. I don't think they have a linebacker that can really handle no. um, Gronkowski at all. And they have a couple of guys that really are leading the league in tackles. They have like Jatavius Brown, who is um, more of a speed guy. And he's been, I don't know, how do you say, kept in check on, as a linebacker. I'm not, I'm not quite positive, but he really hasn't been able to rack up a lot of the numbers. Um, I, again, I, Casey Hayward is still going to be one of the most underappreciated lockdown corners out there. I really think that he handles Brandon Cooks pretty well. But they do – Trevor Williams, the guy on the opposite side of that, Jason Brett's been down. He hasn't been um, as good as Casey Hayward, which is tough to do, truthfully. I think that there's going to be Chris Hogan action. I think that there's going to be Rob Gronkowski action. Um, I don't think that Brady's going to put up numbers – again, if you're paying 9000 for him, I don't think – I would be comfortable doing that. I would caution people against that, but I would very much anticipate a Mike Gilleslie touchdown game Something like that. I, I don't think that they have the linebackers to couple those running backs either. Flip side, I think that the Chargers also have some viability too. A guy like Hunter Henry um, might be the Evan Ingram of that league too. So I think that there's a lot of fantasy value on both sides of that game.
2: We talked about Bucks Panthers that being kind of a difficult one to gauge. Uh, I think Winston's okay, Brate's okay, Evans okay on the Panther side. I I just I can't I can't make any more investments on Cam Newton. It's just too volatile week to week. The Raiders and Buffalo. There's a team too where I I'll go back to the McCoy. Well, that's my initial instinct on that one. Um, you know, bears Saints. Now there's a spot here too where it's been a couple weeks where the fantasy stats have not been very Drew Brees friendly. Are we starting to see? A little bit of the age now on Drew Brees.
1: I don't know. I thought, at least for the Packers, it was it was a weather thing. I, I think that they really were not well-adjusted to the rain um, and how he was able to, to work with that. And then we saw a lot more shorter throws, uh, taking advantage of the, the slow linebackers to the Packers. I don't think they'll get away with that against the Bears. I really do think the Bears' defense is actually pretty darn good. Um, I wouldn't anticipate a lot of pass rush pressure on Drew Brees, but I also think we're going to have to do a lot of dink and dunk stuff. So if, if Kamar, if Ingram – um, if Ginn can make catches and, and run after the catch there, then it's a difference. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay top dollar for Drew Brees, not against that Bears defense.
2: Well, and, and now also looking at, you know, the, the Bengals and Colts, I said this on Friday with John, where I said, you know, when, when you look at Andrew Luck now being done, I think that took the air completely out of that clubhouse. You know, they were still kind of in the back of their head, well, there's a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope. You know, maybe we, we play well enough, we get our quarterback back, we make a run. And I feel like the Colts just completely just gave up. And now we got Cincinnati rolling in the town where I would never normally say, yeah, Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton's in play. And AJ Green is a hundred percent in play. Oh, this yeah. week. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, he is I don't care if it's chalk. I don't care if everybody loves it. I don't care. It's still right.
1: <laughs>
3: and then yeah, you have no,
2: no yeah. totally agree with you. I, I, I think that Jacoby percent
1: actually isn't that bad. I think that, really now this season becomes how much trade value can we build with him? Because obviously they're going to roll with luck next season when he's fully healthy. Um, But I think that Jacoby percent actually has a chance to be an NFL starting quarterback. I just think that he's he's buried on that. Well, yeah. Now, if he
2: get sacked defense. ten times, you can't right. you can't get sacked ten times. And expect a kid to do anything. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You know, exactly. You got, and the, the Jaguars'
1: defense is really really good, both on the secondary front, but also that pass rush. I mean, imagine if they
2: had sense. a quarterback, how good that team. Oh would be. my
1: God! Yeah, they have the running back. They really they have do. the receivers once Allen Robinson comes back too. I I have a I have a, a affection for Marquise Lee too. I, I think that that Jaguars team is up and coming. I think that's close. I think we're about ready to say that now. Um, obviously. When you're t- sacking a quarterback ten times, it's easy to win the game. But I really do think that defense is the backbone of that team. I I don't know. I, I think that's about building up Rosette's value. Um I would feel confident targeting Andy Dalton. I really would. Um especially because that Colts defense is just so, so bad.
2: Yeah, you also got uh, the 49ers traveling into Philadelphia. It's gonna be a lot of people on Wentz and Ertz and the, as they should be. Um maybe even some of the Garrett Blunt too in tournaments, because I think he could certainly return. And we'll talk about them too, because they're on the Monday-Thursday slate. Uh one more matchup I want to just kind of preview real fast is the Texans Seahawks and they got Hopkins and Watson and Fuller all off a bye all traveling to Seattle I think this is going to be the first real test that we've seen from Watson in this group question is Joe do you think that they pass or fail it I lean
1: towards towards failing it I, I just I like Watson quite a bit I like Hopkins too I love the fact that he's throwing the Hopkins so much but I'm a little concerned Maybe it's because I'm assuming the Seahawks are still you know, four years before kind of defense, but I think that they'll be able to handle uh, Hopkins for the most part. What he does so well is his physicality. Is there not a more physical cornerback than Richard Sherman? I, I just think that that's going to be a tough matchup overall. Um, Will Fuller might have some viability just because you know he breaks one off for 40 yards, and boom, you have his value right there. So there's a chance of that, but I'm not on the Hopkins train, and I normally am. That's about as consistent week in a week out as it gets, and I, I'm not going to go there this week.
2: All right, let's go over to the Monday Thursday slate here. We've got Miami, at Baltimore on Thursday, and of course tonight's matchup, Washington at Philadelphia. Initial instinct right here. I mean, I gotta tell you, you know, Washington, especially with Norman out this week again, I, I, I fear not Washington defense. Uh, Wentz is again, my favorite quarterback. If you want to go down a couple hundred dollars and save on cousins, that's fine. If you want to go down all the way to Matt Moore, that's okay too. Me too. Yeah. But the problem I have with that, Joe, is this, who's worth paying up for?
1: Right. That's, I think it's, I think it's definitely Wentz. I don't, I don't. You uh, know what I mean? But that's my thing. It's like,
2: if you go down to Moore, what's the point? Because, there, there. It's not like well, I'm going down to Moore so I can go afford Le'Veon Bell, and so it's, it's, those guys right. don't exist. There's no good skill players this week. <laughs> I'm sorry, right. no, I I totally agree with you. I think that
1: I'm I think Matt Moore does pretty well, but I don't understand why you want to save two thousand dollars when there isn't a player to save it really for. I mean, you have guys like Zach Ertz that are significantly higher than any of the other tight ends out there, and still he's only at 7,900. I I, I agree with you. I think it's once. and truthfully, I think it's only once. I don't. I mean, you could do Kirk Cousins for 400 or less, but that Eagles defense isn't too bad. And Matt Moore, you know, going against the Ravens, I still think I think I'd go once. I think that's an easy choice for me.
2: All right. Over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanDuel.com slash RotoWire, and you'll get a free six month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the Sunday NFL million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash rotowire, void where prohibited. All right, let's go take a look at the running backs here, Joe. Ajayi, 8,700. Then you got Chris Thompson, 76. Uh, I, I much prefer Thompson, I think, you know, just in terms of what he is to that offense, which right now, until proven otherwise, he's everything to that offense. He is that yes. offense. true. You true. know, So and yards are yards, and the half-point PPR is a plus. If he gets in the end zone, that's an even bigger plus. But of these other guys, you got Allen, you got Collins. I don't know what those guys are going to be week to week. They're impossible to gauge. And then you got LeGarrette Blunt. So for me, it's Thompson and Blunt, and I let a go. If people want to pay down for Matt Moore to go up for a that's that's the plus. But then you've got a whole lot of investment there in Miami uh, on one side of that. So you just got to keep in mind what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I actually don't think that's that bad of a matchup. The Ravens have struggled a little bit more than I would have anticipated against the run, especially with a guy like Brandon Williams. So I think – well, I think he returned um, healthy now. But I, I guess I still don't feel that bad about it. 8,700 isn't that isn't that bad of an option. Obviously, you need you need to have at least one touchdown from him. I think that that offense is going to be better with Matt Moore under center. Oh, 100%. So Baltimore I think sticks. That, yeah, exactly. So you're, you're asking for them to move down in the red zone. I think that's actually a possibility with Matt Moore as quarterback. I like him, and I like Blunt. That's that's the two running backs that I would go with this week over Thompson.
2: All right, and we also got Rob Kelly, who was questionable tag, but they keep indicating they're likely to play. But I, sorry, I can't get excited there either. Uh, top of the board now, I will pay up for Landry. I will pay up for Jeffrey, but it's not expensive. So, again, I can still get Wentz in this lineup quite easily by just using Thompson uh, instead of Ajayi. And all of a sudden, I've got a good spot here where I can get Landry in there with all the volume he gets with more. I can still benefit from more. Uh, with the higher ceiling of Wentz. I got Alshon Jeffrey with no Norman on the other side. I don't have to screw around with any of these Washington guys like Pryor or like Crowder or any of that. They're all done. I mean, Aguilar might go off, but I don't think that's something you can count on. But I'll tell you what, I will go back to the Kenny Stills well again. I'm fine with that. That's what I'm
1: saying. That's where I'm going to go with the Jai because then I can go down a little bit on the receiver. I, I like Landry. I'm not going to really touch Jeffrey. Um, I might go with a 12 prior route only because I feel like they're finally starting to figure out a little bit what he can do. I was never high in him though to begin the season. So people talking about how big of a disappointment he is, I'm like, well, what did you expect? That was that was my opinion. I think it's Kenny Stills. I think it's I, I don't mind Landry and Stills. I mean, I, I think that there's viability to have both. But then you're going back to what you said. There's a a lot of investment into that Dolphins offense, especially if you're going with the Jai or Matt Moore, that you're really hoping for a lot. And I, it's like, how much do you really trust those guys? And that's where the concern ends up being for me.
2: All right, let's All right. go over to tight end. Zach Ertz might be 100% owned in the Monday Thursday slate. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. I do. You blame anybody? I don't. No, but no. He, I mean, he won't be, but he should be. <laughs> you know, yes. because anything when you try and read or you know Watson or Julius Thomas, you're just you're just you know throwing it up in the air and seeing what sticks. And I'm sorry. I mean, when Ertz has been so good, Uh, he's been completely lockstep with Wentz. It's just, it's a no brainer here. Even if he's, if he has a down game, it's still double digits. I mean, you just go, you go back to that. Well, you just do. Uh, You mentioned the Eagles defense too. I think they're, good enough at 42 that you can go down to them. I don't think paying up for the Ravens defense is a I don't wise understand move those
1: at all. I don't I, get,
2: I would invert these two.
1: Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I, and I think I'll put the dolphins higher than both of those guys. Then too. I think the dolphin, I, I don't, I don't have any faith in Joe Flacco at all, at all. I don't, I don't, I think the dolphins are going to get a couple of sacks, probably a tipped interception or two. I think the Eagles at 4,200, that's a joke to me. Absolute joke. They're going to get at least two or three sacks in that game too. The pass rush is good. Their secondary is fine. I, I'm, I'm baffled by how they decide to sort these defenses. This is a joke.
2: Well, it continues to be a wacky 2017, but we are here for you all the time, breaking it down, making dreams come true, and uh, trying to cipher through uh, what has been the wackiest football season I can remember in recent memory. It's been fun in some ways, other ways not so much, but I'll tell you what, you know what I'm, I'm doing right now? That's a great fun. I'm throwing it out there for everybody too. Uh, I'm in a. Uh, I was in a survivor pool like everybody else. It was a couple of them. I was out week one on the Texans. <laughs> you're uh, probably I, gone right, right away. So I I bought back in and I was out week three on the Steelers losing to the Bears. And uh, I said, all right, whatever. Now here's a. It was a couple hundred people in this survivor pool, Joe, and it got trimmed down to last week, week seven. There was only two people left. <laughs> okay, there it's you go. Nuts. There you go. And so they decided, because there's so much room left in the season, let's do it in reverse. And they wanted to call it a casualty pool where you pick the loser every week and you can only pick a loser once. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 better, better name. Let's call it the Deadpool. And we're yes. doing that way. So now we got a Deadpool tournament, and I'm happy to say I picked the 49ers. I'm still alive one week into the Deadpool tournament. So if you're looking for some fun here, if your survivor pools are over, get a group together for the second half do the dead pool and see how far you get. Are you, are you in Joe?
1: Yeah. Especially this season. It's a lot more fun to root to who's going to lose than who's going to win. Because I, I can, I it's weird. I can peg who's going to lose pretty easily. But as soon as you ask me who's going to win, I'm like, oh, I don't know.
2: right. All of a sudden I was like, Oh, 49ers are going to lose this week. Cowboys <laughs> off a buy. So look, there you go. If you're looking for something fun to do when you're not playing daily fantasy and your season long leagues are kind of done, you want to start a fun little pool. It's week eight. You got nine weeks left. that You could do this. Do the Deadpool get some friends together and go play? All right, you can follow him on Twitter at JB fantasy Sports. You can follow me at Joe Seventeen. For everybody here at Wire, have a great week of daily fantasy.
3: Deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. In hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealingcom blue Bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's UNIFYDHEaling.com blue Bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website